You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Pegasus alights daintily in the Android ecosystem. British authorities warn of possible iris cyber attacks on infrastructure. Russia investigates the St. Petersburg metro bombing. New evidence connects North Korea with the Lazarus Group. Fancy Bear continues to romp unabated, and Turtleus seems to have remained quietly active for about 20 years. Apple issues an emergency iOS patch, plus some industry notes and tax season security advice. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, April 4th, 2017. There's some nasty attack code out there affecting Android devices, a version of the Pegasus malware that Lookout found infesting iOS last autumn. Now, Lookout's security intelligence team, working with Google, has found the long-expected Android variant, which you can call either Pegasus for Android or Chrysior. It's a sophisticated bit of malware. Lookout says it has the same sort of spying functionality as its iOS counterpart, including screenshot and audio capture, email and browser compromise, and data exfiltration. If it senses that it's been detected, it will delete itself. The good news is that Pegasus attacks seem to be very narrowly targeted. If you, however, find your device infected, Lookout Security asks you to contact them. The British government is again warning infrastructure operators, especially those concerned with nuclear power plants and airports, to be on alert for ICS cyber attacks mounted by ISIS. We heard from Edgar Capdeville, CEO of Nozomi Networks, who notes that these warnings began in February, and he thinks they're unlikely to have been ignored. Nonetheless, it wouldn't do to become complacent. Much infrastructure continues to be controlled by older systems which have, given their long life cycles, only relatively recently been connected. He sees one silver lining. Control system traffic tends to be predictable, which provides a background against which anomalies stand out. Should these concerns prove a real threat, they would indicate a considerable increase in ISIS cyber capabilities, which have hitherto been largely confined to information operations. Russian authorities are investigating suspected jihadist links to yesterday's suicide bombing in the St. Petersburg metro. A Russian citizen is thought to have been the bomber. Kaspersky offers more evidence connecting the Bangladesh bank fraudulent funds transfers to the North Korean government. The Lazarus Group is now generally suspected of being a DPRK asset. As U.S. pressure on the DPRK over recent missile launches increases, including efforts to work with China on a bilateral response, and as the Chinese coal embargo bites Pyongyang harder, observers expect a corresponding rise in cyber activity both from and against North Korea. More warnings, this time from SecureWorks, of continued espionage from Fancy Bear, which they're calling Iron Twilight, but it's the same familiar GRU crew. 
A recent victim, the IAAF, apologizes for the loss of athletes' medical records to the Russian espionage services. SecureWorks predicts that 2017 will see no let-up in Fancy Bear's operations, which have grown increasingly brazen since the spring of 2016. Another Russian espionage group has been connected to 1998's Midnight Maze operation against the U.S. Department of Defense. Exactly where this one would appear in a state-cum-criminal-organization chart is unclear, but it's the familiar Turla APT. Turla is also known as Snake, Ouroboros, Venomous Bear, or Krypton. The group is still using, and apparently with success, versions of the venerable Locky backdoor. Continuing our coverage of last week's Women in Cybersecurity Conference, I sat down with Amanda Russo, malware researcher at Endgame, to learn about her work and the path she took to get there. I'm always looking at security news because I'm following the, the current threats and trends as, I, as they come along. And then what I'll do is I'll look at those independently and try to reverse engineer it or recreate it so that I can create a new detection for it. And it can be either ransomware one day, or it can be APT malware another, or even like kernel level stuff. It all depends on what's the hot new thing at the time. Kind of like following fashion trends. <laughs> what is the, the pathway that took you to malware engineering? Like, what was, uh, how did that become the thing you were interested in? Well, okay, so I'll start back when I got into computer science and everything. So I really didn't think I would be doing this field at all. I started out in graphic design, which is where I, why all of my slides and presentations are all pretty. <laughs> and then once I took a computer science class, I couldn't look back. And then I heard about what reverse engineers do because my dad was in the Air Force and he kind of knew about that hacking world and he would kind of, you know, drill me in conversations on security and protection and all that. And then that's how I learned what reverse, reverse engineer did. So I worked my way up through the DOD at the Cyber Crime Center and incident response to get to malware reverse engineering research and, and development. When you're looking ahead, sort of looking over the horizon at what the, the challenges are facing people in your field, what are those things? Um, I think it's just, just plain knowledge of it. A lot, a lot of people don't know about the hacking world, and when they see it on the news, they think it's some type of magic or you know, it's evil. But a lot of people out there, they want to protect other people, and that's how I feel about it. Like, I, I want to protect the, the normal person. I want to protect a nuclear power plant. I want to protect the, the critical infrastructures. But to do that, you know, I need to look at threats and trends and build something that's actually useful. Coming at this field as a woman, has there been any any specific challenges from that point of view, you know, for you to be able to get where you are today? Oh yes, a lot of imposter syndrome all the time. Uh, when I started, you know, you're, you're in computer science class and you're like one of, one of the only girls in the class or one of five in the whole department and you, ha you, you feel, am I on par with everyone else? Like, what am I doing wrong? But I was, like, I was actually average. I, didn't, I wasn't bad, I wasn't too good. I would, I would understand it and get it. And it was the same in my career. You know, I was young, I was a girl. Uh, I didn't know how to act in a corporate environment. You know, um, trying to deal with social situations that you grew, grew that over time. And eventually, you know, you start to gain confidence in what you do, 
and then that's when you can focus on just your work and not what's going on socially. That's Amanda Russo from Endgame. You can hear more from her in our upcoming CyberWire Women in Cybersecurity Conference Special Edition. She's on Twitter at MalwareUnicorn, and it's a feed worth following. Israeli security researcher Amahi Niederman reports finding 40 zero-day vulnerabilities in Samsung's Tizen OS. Tizen runs on smart TVs, smartwatches, and on some Samsung phones. If exploited, they would give an attacker control over the device. Apple issues an emergency iOS patch to close a Wi-Fi drive-by vulnerability. This is in addition to last week's regular patches. In industry news, Verizon will combine its AOL and Yahoo acquisitions into a unit called Oath, and Intel Security has now spun out and become McAfee once more. And finally, we're just two weeks away from tax filing day in the U.S. Fraudulent returns have, according to experts, resulted in tens of millions of dollars lost. We'd like to pass on some advice from the encryption company AlertSec. They recommend that businesses protect themselves by using a VPN tunnel with encrypted communications, full disk encryption, multi-factor authentication, and a good firewall. It's familiar advice, but good advice. It's also good to remember that your personal information, always a target for criminals, will receive particular attention this month. So be prudent, stay safe, and happy filing. Taxes are the price we pay for civilization, or so we hear. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me once again is Dr. Charles Clancy. He's the director of the Hume Center for National Security and Technology at Virginia Tech. Uh, Dr. Clancy, we are certainly familiar with uh, denial-of-service attacks uh, here on the CyberWire, but uh, today you wanted to touch base about um, denial-of-service when it comes to our telephone system. Yeah, there's a, an interesting new set of uh, control plane attacks that are happening within uh, the, the landline and cellular telephony infrastructure. 
Um, your listeners may be familiar with many of the, the control plane protocols on the internet. There are similar but different control plane protocols uh, within our telecommunications infrastructure, uh, with the legacy protocols being uh, SS7 and some of the newer ones with voice over IP, all being based around SIP. So in the same way that you can launch a distributed denial of service attack against an IP network, you can do the same thing against uh, um, a phone number, right? It's a, it's, it's a unique identifier, just like an IP address. Uh, so there have been a number of uh, cases with an increasing rate of such cases where bad actors have essentially uh, gotten a whole bunch of, of devices to simultaneously call 911. And what happens is uh, essentially the trunking line from the local landline phone operator into the public safety answering point where there are operators who answer these 911 calls uh, becomes overwhelmed with calls and there aren't enough uh, channels in the trunk in order to have additional uh, calls uh, terminated within the PSAP or the public safety answering point. But I guess there is some light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, there are some standardization efforts underway right now within the Internet Engineering Task Force uh, that are looking at adding authentication to uh, some of the, the newer SIP uh, protocols uh, associated with the caller ID, uh, which would give uh, telecommunications companies the ability to start blocking calls rather than having to sort of manually trace them back to the, the originator. And in terms of overwhelming a 911 system, are, are these are the people who are doing this at, at this stage? Are they are they simply pranking and testing out their abilities, or is there any sort of ransom component, or what, what's their motivation? Right now, there doesn't appear to be any kind of uh, a, a criminal component associated with it. Uh, one of the more recent examples was essentially someone who walked into a cell phone store in Texas and uh, walked around to each one of the display phones in the store and dialed 911 on each of them. Uh, and since cell phones are required to uh, place outbound emergency calls, regardless of whether or not they have a SIM card active within them, uh, all of these calls went through despite the fact that these phones uh, didn't have, have valid SIM cards. So far, there have not been any examples that uh, are associated, as far as we can tell, with a, a ransomware type attack or an effort to prevent other people from calling 911 as part of some sort of criminal activity. Uh, but many believe that it's only a matter of time before that sort of behavior begins to show up in the, in the landscape. All right, Dr. Charles Clancy, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. 
I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily, and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. Thank you.